0: I love it. Can we give it up? so glad you are here on this day. And as we've been talking about Easter, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you could pull out your phones, you know, right now, if you could just be able to do that. Here's something that I've gotten in the habit of doing when it comes to Easter and Christmas, is that you would be shocked uh, by just opening your phones. And even during this service, just start scrolling through your contacts. Just start scrolling. And all of a sudden, I'm just telling you, this just happens time and time and time again. You start scrolling, you're like, oh, yeah. And when you see that, oh, yeah, person, I want you to click on that person's name, even during the service, watch it online, do the same thing, pull out your phones. And as you see that, oh, yeah, I haven't mentioned or I haven't reached out or I want to connect with that person is just send them a text message, just simply saying, I want to invite you to come to Easter with me. So if you could just do that you know, right now, doing that during the service, as you're just kind of scrolling through your contacts, it's just amazing how God leads you, uh, um, whether you're watching online or in the room, to the right people that he wants to have you invite for services. You know, and, and speaking of which, you know, um, uh, as we have so many services that are taking place, uh, i want to encourage those of you, go where your friends go, obviously. Wherever they can make it, whatever egg hunt they can make it to, that's where you want to attend as well. But if you have a choice, in order to make room for other people, uh, I would encourage many of you uh, to come on a Saturday, uh, to come on a Thursday Thursday. You know, or to come the last service on Sunday. You know, th- those would be kind of the options. If you were to like to boil it down, Saturday or last service on Sunday, it'd be great. Yes, services start for Easter on Thursday. It's our first one, and we're excited to be able to kick that off this coming week. And So with that being said, we are in week five of our influencer series. Jesus is the greatest influencer ever lived, and he wants to influence our lives so that we can influence those around us for him and for his glory. And he tends to reveal himself through this book of John. It's happened. It's one of the four gospels: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which is the life of Jesus Christ in our New Testaments of our Bible. And what he, what Jesus tends to do is he describes himself by using metaphors. And he tells people who he is by describing these metaphors. So, so far, we have covered where Jesus has said, I am the bread of life. Then we talked about, I am the light of the world, or I am the good shepherd. And then last week, we learned that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Steve brought that message. Didn't Steve do a great job, you know, last week? Can we just give it up, you know? Love, love, love. That man's heart, if you had a chance to know it, I just love serving you know, alongside you know, a man of God like Steve Allen, who cares not only you know, for Jesus, but he cares for his truth, both here as, as well as around the world. So with this subject, we only got two left, including today, uh, let's start with this, and it's going to sound kind of funny, but answer this question, do you want to know how to see your prayers answered? experience joy regardless of circumstance, and to have a fulfilled life. Raise your hands, put it in the chat if that's you. Okay, now I know this sounds like an infomercial. It sounds a little bit too good to be true, especially in a day and age where people are trying to just get you to click on the title just to be interested. But we're going to see from Jesus's mouth, from God's word, that these three things are offered to us If we do something, if we do something. And so with that being said, uh, I don't know how many of you guys like grapes as a fruit or wine that gets produced from grapes as a fruit. I don't get mad at me. I'm talking about alcohol in church. Jesus turned water into wine so you can bring it up with him. So grapes are one of the most widely grown fruit in all the world. Uh, They've been cultivated as far back. uh, History has told us of of ancient Egypt, 2,500 years uh, before the birth of Jesus Christ. Uh, In Israel, during Jesus' day, there were grapevines everywhere. Uh, The grapevine, to Israel, uh, is an important symbol. It's part of its national emblem, and it's actually depicted on its coins, on their coins. Uh, Grapes, according to Israel, represent the nation's fruitfulness, in Jesus' time, there was actually a golden grapevine that hung over the entrance of the Jewish temple into Jerusalem, which you can see behind me now. So you can see how important that grapevine was established. It, 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 it communicated the idea that Israel was God's vine, and the vine was recognized also as a symbol of the coming Messiah, the one who would bring all things right between God and man. So Jesus, picture this, is in the upper room with his disciples, and he says these words, because they know the history, they know the importance of God's connection with Israel as the vine, his connection, that he says these, this phrase in John 15:1: I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. My father is the gardener. So what Jesus is going to unfold, and what he's saying is that he is the vine, and you and I are the branches, now, we need to back up and help us understand, because most of us don't live in an agricultural, we don't have a lot of farms, and, and uh, I don't know if any of us actually have uh, um, grapes and, and, and vines in our backyards. You know, it's not known much in these parts. You know, go to Nampa, go to some other places, you know, as well. But uh, Jesus tells us that a vine's purpose is to provide life, and it's to provide fruit to the branches. That's a vine's purpose. The vine's purpose, a healthy vine, is going to bring life and it's going to bring fruit. So what Jesus is illustrating, as he said in other passages, is that he says, I, Jesus, am here to provide you not just life eternally, but abundant life here on earth. He says this in John chapter 10, verse 10. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. That's what Jesus wants to provide for us. Now, fruit, biblically, has a couple different illustrations, a couple different examples of what fruit represents. Uh, Probably the most common one is fruit is an expression. It represents, if you're a follower of Jesus, what what it looks like to represent him, what it looks like to live out of a relationship with him, that this is the fruit that should come from our lives. Probably the most famous passage is Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 where it says, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Now, don't miss these words. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and my least favorite, self-control. Now, the vine produces, you know, uh, uh, it, that, this in the branches. And so here's what I want you to self-reflect on. As you look at this scripture so I want the scripture to come back on the screen so you can see it again Galatians 5.22 I want you to ask yourself which one has God produced fruit in your life? which one would you say you know what I'm doing actually pretty well in there because of what Jesus is doing in me maybe it's love maybe it's peace maybe it's goodness maybe it's faithfulness now secondly I want you to process which one do you might need to bear some more fruit in? Which one do you might need to to allow God's spirit to work in to reveal what he wants to do to produce this fruit in your life? Maybe it's patience. Maybe it's faithfulness. Maybe it's self-control, which all of us always love. See, what it looks like when we're connected to the vine, you know, is an example for us to say that's what we want in our lives. That's what we want to experience. That's what we want. Now, here's the cool and crazy part. You can't work hard enough on your own to have these things happen in your life, right? You can't uh, just say, I'm going to just try harder at patience. You will reach a ceiling very quickly. I will try harder at goodness. I will put more effort, and I'm going to produce this fruit in my life. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says it's the Holy Spirit's job that produces these things in our lives. So it's not a matter of effort. There is a secret that Jesus is going to give us so that we can experience this fruit in our lives, which I'll get to in just a few moments. Now, Galatians also tells us what it looks like to exhibit other kind of fruit. If you're not experiencing this fruit, there is other kind of fruits that take place in our lives that are not so nice and that are pretty self-destructive and hurt other people as well. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 19, just a couple of verses earlier, it says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results, the fruit are very, is very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, and you might be saying, okay, I'm doing okay in there, just keep going with the list, quarreling, Jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, etc. That's what he says. Or all the other sins that are kind of like these as well. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I'm not talking about moments of these things. We're talking about fruit. We're not talking about, you know, a bad moment or a bad day. All of us make sinful mistakes. We all do. So someone shouldn't be put into one of these categories just because they do or say something one time. For example, Will Smith made a bad mistake in front of millions of people at the Oscars when he slapped Chris Rock and then said some things to him from his seat. I don't know Will Smith. I don't know, but I would hope that that is inconsistent of his character. He had a moment and he lost it. Have you ever had a moment and lost it? And if the only part that other people saw was how you behaved or said or reacted in that moment was defined you, We don't want to be labeled as such. And good thing is, in the kingdom of God, he doesn't do what we as humans do and put something that we have done and label that for the rest of our lives. That's one of the greatest things about connecting to Jesus. Now, fruit is represented in our character. It's represented in our hearts. It's represented in our attitude and behavior from the inside out. Now, secondly, fruit in and of itself It represents this idea, this inherent uh, uh, connection of multiplication or reproduction. Virtually every piece of fruit has seeds within it. Seeds are meant to reproduce more fruit. In fact, those of you who know the Bible, you might remember back at the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1, God uses this phrase. Then he blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. You know, so as followers of Jesus, what this means is fruit is representative of us expanding this to other people, of us specifically representing Christ by reaching other people for Jesus. And the result of spiritual fruitfulness is that God is glorified, we grow, others come to Christ, and this is the ultimate fruitfulness for us as children of God. So that just kind of gives you a, a, a background of what we're about to jump into, Now, there's some roles, there's some jobs that Jesus is going to unfold, and he's already unfolded the first one. The Father's job, who's the gardener, is to make our lives full and to make them as fruitful as possible. That's his job. Here's what the Father will do. John 15, verse 2, Jesus says, he, the Father, cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. So what we learn is that the Father actually cuts out dead things in our lives. That's part of his job. And I wonder if you can think for just a second, do you have some things in your life that are killing you in your relationship with God, that are killing you in your relationship with other people that just need to be cut out? For some of you, that might be a really unhealthy relationship. For others, it might be selfishness. It could be pride. What are some dead things that are sucking out the energy that need to be cut out completely of our lives so that we can experience the fruit that God wants to see in our lives? Because I promise you, if you're a follower of Christ, he loves us so much, he's going to do some cutting. And not only will he do that, he will actually do some pruning as well. He's doing some pruning. Now, in Hebrews chapter 12, it says this, and have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one as he accepts as a child. You see, the father prunes fruitful areas to become even more fruitful. Man, I don't like this verse. If you really think about this, think about this. God Wants to prune areas of your life that are actually being fruitful and according to how we just described fruitfulness. He wants to prune. Now let me just tell you, pruning is not a fun experience. It's not pleasant. But what's interesting is that some of us, God is going to call to go deeper in relationship with him, to go deeper in reaching more people for him, and it's going to cost us something. It's going to challenge us to go deeper, and oftentimes it's going to cause some short-term, maybe long-term pain. Let me give you some examples. Some of you may have the gift of empathy, that God is using that in your life, and it's bearing fruit. But God may lead you then in some additional loss and pain in your life so that you can be even more empathetic in the future. God might have you, if you're a leader, for example, God might have you go through some hard and painful leadership experiences in your business, in your home, and in your work, not because he doesn't love you, but because he knows by going through some hard things and the other side of the pruning season, you're going to bear more fruit in relationship with him and in reaching out to other people. I've seen this in my life. I am not the same pastor that I was when I was 20 years of age. And many experiences, not great ones, but good ones as I look back on them, took place because God was doing some pruning in me that he needed to do so that I could continue to be more effective for him, both in the fruit of the Spirit, but also in helping to reach and disciple other people for him. God uses that in our lives. So our job, if that's the father's job and his role, that means our job is simply this. Remain connected to Jesus. That's it. Our one and only job is to remain connected to Jesus. Here's the way Jesus says it. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot produce fruit unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing, nothing of eternal value, like we've talked about defining fruit by God's standard. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Probably one of the best illustrations that I can give you to help you understand this verse In our context today, is when is the last time that you experienced this picture? Okay, when is the last time that you experienced, go to the next picture, we're going to get there, go to the one with the phone, it's coming, Here we go, when is the last time that you've experienced this? When is the last time, right? Every single day, okay, so this phone, the iPhone represents you and me. And how often and how many things are we capable of doing? How many things are we capable of being when we are charged? But you know, the battery runs low, doesn't it? And if you don't connect to a power source outside of your own source, your phone ain't going to be much worth or more good to anybody, let alone yourself. So you have to regularly connect to something beyond you that's gonna help you be the person that God has called you to be. Just like plugging in every night, if you have to plug in your iPhone at least once a day, don't you think that maybe we've gotta plug into Jesus at least once a day to be able to produce the kind of fruit that only he can produce in us when we remain connected to him? So how do we do that? That's the question. How do we plug in? How do we remain connected to Jesus? Well, the first one, you'll hear us say this almost every, every week. Receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord. It's to receive him. Like Steve talked about last week, he is the way, the only way, the truth and life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. That's Jesus' words, not my words. So we've got to receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, John 1:12, But to all who believed in him and accepted Jesus, he gave them the right to become children of God. You and I are adopted into, our, into his family. It's like being grafted in to a brand new vine. And then Jesus says this, as we understand in John chapter 15, that the second way that we grow is through prayer and his word. That's how you remain, is through his word. So Jesus says in verse 7, but if you remain in me, and notice this, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Ask for anything you want. Your prayers will be answered. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to the Father. So we remain connected to Jesus through prayer and his word. Secondly, and this one's going to sound funny, when we obey his commands. When we obey his commands. Uh, How many of you guys have ever heard the phrase, talk is cheap? Talk is cheap, right? What that means is it doesn't cost much to make statements, does it? It doesn't cost a lot to say things. Uh, I don't know about you but uh, when it comes to people you know I'm more of a show me person than a tell me person maybe that's like you as well don't just tell me you're a great worker show me you're a great worker don't just tell me you're a person of integrity show me you're a person of integrity don't just tell me you're a good friend show me that you're a good friend don't just tell me you love me show me that you love me Jesus Is a show me type of person as well. Because he says in the very next verse. I have loved you even as the father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments. Not when you know my commandments. Not when you share my commandments. Not when you tell people about my commandments. But when you obey my commandments. Guess what? You remain in my love. Just as I obey my father's commandments. And remain in his love. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything that the Father has told me. See how that works? Jesus is the same way. He says to believe in him is not just an intellectual agreement with what is true. To believe is actually to have some show me behind it to say what I believe. There's some fruit, there's some evidence in that belief. And so his greatest commandment is to love God and to love other people. His commandment is to go out and share this good news and bear much fruit, which is why Matthew 20 says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you guys have heard that before. Notice this, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. All the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so to remain connected to Jesus means receiving him, means spending time regularly being plugged in to his word and to prayer, obeying his commands. And then this one Jesus mentions as well. When we love each other as Jesus loved us, we remain in him. He goes on in verse 12 to say, This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. This is my command. Verse 17, love each other. And just a couple chapters before it, one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible is John chapter 13, 34, and 35, where Jesus says, I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. That ain't new. Just as I have loved you, that's new. So you must love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. That one always startled me, because I always thought, well, no, going to church proves to the world that I'm a, I'm a disciple of Jesus. A uh, uh, praying, uh, really deeply and regularly—that shows the world, you know, knowing God's word. That's what shows the world. And Jesus says, those are all good things. Those are all good things we need to apply in our lives. But he says, you want to know what's going to show the world you're my follower? Is how you love one another in the same way as I have loved you. This is why he says in verse 34 and 35, you know, that very, very powerful statement. This is why being in small groups, what we call life groups here, is so important so that you can be known and love and love other people, whether it be youth or young adult, midweek, Wednesday morning, women's groups or men's groups or CR groups. See, here's the thing when you and I remain in Jesus, he produces fruit. You can't produce fruit. I can't produce fruit. My job is to remain connected to the vine. I'm a branch. I need the life. The life is Jesus. Jesus is saying, you want to experience fruit in your life, quit trying so hard and get with me and allow me to do the work that only I can do to bring the fruit in your life and through your life to be an influence to the lives of those around you. Christianity does not have to be exhausting. Christianity needs to be connecting to Jesus as Lord and Savior on a regular basis. And watch what he does. Because he says, as we went through those verses, when we remain consistently in Jesus, we will experience prayers being answered. It's funny how they're going to be according to his will and his design. Yes, because you're connected to him. We're going to experience joy overflowing. It doesn't mean happiness all the time as you for. Joy is having an inter-peace and connection with Jesus beyond circumstance that can keep you steady in the midst of it all and a fruitful, God-honoring life. You want all that? I do. What do we need to do? Our job? Remain connected to Jesus. Now, here's what's weird. I stink at it sometimes. I can find myself like an iPhone dying because I'm like, wow, I've only taken five minutes with him today. I've only taken 10 minutes or I haven't taken that special time. I've done a lot of things for him, but I've not spent time with him thinking if I do more, I'm going to produce more. That's an American mindset. If I'm with him more he will produce more in me and through me to his glory. That's the key. And so with that being said, I think you'd agree with me that one of our goals as a church is to reach out and to help support parents in helping kids connect and then remain in Jesus. We're always wanting to be about all generations. So every time new births come in, we want to be about that generation, that generation. We want a church that continues to help people know and follow Jesus. So maybe as you came in, you noticed that we have put a little bit of emphasis into our kids area. And what we want to do, (coughs) what we want to do is we want to take time. We're going to end our service early. And we want to take time and walk through the kids area and be able to pray. And be able to take, you know, go and get the kids out of their classrooms and then have them pray with, with you as well. So we want to welcome, we want to welcome people to our VRL Kids Backyard Adventures. See at Valley Real Life, kids are encouraged to explore biblical adventures while using their imagination and knowledge of the Bible. Where our own backyard brings the stories to life, delivering the gospel, and you'll see it themed out over land, over sea, and over air, So as we end a little bit early, uh, even if you don't have small kids, we want to encourage you that you're going to be able to head to the kids area and you're going to be able to get, you know, one of these pieces of paper that's going to be, you know, shown on your screen now and uh, you're going to be able to see here are some stations and what specifically to pray through. Now, if you're not comfortable with that, and you're just like, you know what, that's just not where I'm at, that's fine. We don't want to put any pressure on you. We just want to create the space for this to be able to happen. In addition, uh, we want to encourage you to pray for our Easter services. And so there's going to be another QR code, I think it's the sixth one on the screen today, uh, that you'll be able to see to take a picture you know, of, and it's going to guide you for things to pray through, whether you're here, whether you're in the lobby, whether you're in your car, or whether you're at home. And we want to guide you through that as well, as we go through this week, to prepare to be used by God to bring fruit in the lives of other people whether it's the next generation or it's our neighbor or it's our coworker or it's our family member. Now, if you're online, you're going to get prompts on your screen to pray over individually and a, as a family. And so, as these prompts come, I just want to encourage you just to pause and whatever comes on your screen, I want you just to take a few moments individually or with somebody else that you're watching with and to pray as well. And so with all of that being said, we're, like I said, we're going to end early. So will you stand with me? And we're gonna pray our time out now. God, thank you so much for this time that we got to learn or relearn about connecting to you, about remaining in you. You are the light of the world. You are the bread of life. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And you are the grapevine. You are the vine and we are the branches. Help us. Lord, just to be reminded to remain in you and allow us to use this time and experience, even now, whether it's uh, in our own seats or whether it's in our cars or in our homes, to honor you in all things. We love you and we look forward to seeing what you're going to do in the next week, month, and years to come. We give all the glory to you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. Have a great week, guys. We'll see you again next week.